Well, last week, our friend Augustine was headed to Rome. He was looking for fame and fulfillment, and even he was looking for happiness. He did not find it in Rome. He only spent a few short months there, and then he went off way up north to Milan. Well, we've been talking about the places in Augustine's life, places like his birth town, Thagast, Carthage, Rome, Milan. Let's talk about the people in Augustine's life. And let's just mention five for now. First, there is Monica, his mother, that devout Christian. She never stopped praying for her son. She was relentless, indefatigable in her pursuit. She kept a close watch on that son of hers. And wherever he went, she was not far behind. She followed him on to Rome, and she even followed him on to Milan. Next up is Olypius. Olypius would be a lifelong friend of Augustine. They were in Carthage together. They sailed to Rome together. They were in Rome briefly for those few months, and they were also in Milan together. Thirdly, there was another friend, but this friend we don't know the name of. It was as if Augustine couldn't bring himself to name him in the pages of the Confession. About this time, Augustine is around 30 years old. We assume this friend was about the same age, entering into the prime of his life, as it were. And he got some illness, some disease, and he died. And this terribly affected Augustine. As I mentioned, Augustine could not even bring himself to tell us his friend's name. This close friend's death was a ringing alarm clock wake-up call for Augustine. It really sent him searching. Well, fourthly, there is Bishop Ambrose. Ambrose was a formidable theologian and an eloquent preacher. You remember Augustine at this point is a teacher of rhetoric. He's got his own academy there in Milan. He has his reputation as a teacher of rhetoric. He's got a number of pupils. He's very successful. And as a teacher of rhetoric, of course, he would be looking for examples and samples of good speakers and good speeches. And he found one in Bishop Ambrose. Augustine was first drawn to Ambrose for his rhetoric. But as he listened to Ambrose, he also listened to the content of what Ambrose had to say. And this was all driving Augustine back to read the scriptures again, back to consider God again. And that brings us to our fifth character, the one that Augustine calls the Hound of Heaven. This, of course, is the main character in this story. This is God. All along Augustine's travels, it was actually God who was relentlessly pursuing Augustine. And God was bringing Augustine to himself. And this all happens in one more key place, a garden in Milan. In this garden, Augustine was feeling the weight of his sin. In fact, he writes in the Confessions, For I felt that I was still the captive of my sins. And in my misery, I kept crying, how long shall I go on? Tomorrow? Tomorrow? Why not now? Why not make an end of my ugly sins at this moment? Well, at that very moment, all of a sudden, Augustine hears children's voices chanting as if it were part of some game. Take up and read. Take up and read. Tole lege in Latin. And what did he have in his hands but Paul's epistle to the Romans? 
And so he opened it up and he read it, and the light of the gospel flooded his soul. And Augustine declared, O Lord, my God, my light, my wealth, my salvation. One long, circuitous journey had come to an end. Augustine had found that fulfillment he was searching for. He found that happiness, and he found it in God. And now a whole new journey commenced. Let's see what happens next. See you next week. I'm Steve Nichols, and thanks for listening to 5 Minutes in Church History. C.S. Lewis, that brilliant essayist, wrote... There are no ordinary people. You've never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal, but it is immortals we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit.